Welcome to Making Sense of Parenting. This show is dedicated to helping parents change chaos, confusion, and struggle into calm, clear connections with their kids, all in a way that aligns with their faith. Hey there, I'm your host, Kelly Shoup, helping you navigate the bumpy road of raising kids. Let's dive into today's topic. there. How are those timeouts working for you? Are those parenting struggles that you are disciplining with timeout, are those effective? How are those working? Today on the podcast, we are going to talk about three alternative things for you to do in place of a timeout. So instead of a timeout, we're going to do this instead. I'm going to give you three things. And I want to give you the lowdown on me a little bit. I'm Kelly. I'm a pediatric occupational therapist. I have been coaching parents, working with kids for a very long time. I have three kids of my own. I focus heavily on the ages of three to eight, but I work with all kids, all ages of kids who are developing and growing and have lots of changes and needs for um, for help and support. And so I help parents doing that. And so I'm glad you're here. Occupational therapist. That phrase, what I do, is so incredibly difficult for some to understand. And some of you who have landed here and you're like, okay, occupational therapy, what therapy? I'm out. We, I need a few helps with parenting, but I don't need a therapist. We're not that bad yet. And so I'm out. Occupational therapist. Occupation means job. And I can admit to you, um, so I have a business degree. I was in college, was thinking I wanted to do business. And then getting further along in that and understanding who I am, how I made, how God made me, my traits, my tendencies, the things that I love to do. I love kids, have always loved babysat, those preschool ages. So I wanted to shift and change and do occupational therapy. So I got my business degree, then started occupational therapy school. I went in the first day of the occupational therapy program and was like, this name is terrible. Occupational for what we do, why in the world is this? And Snotty Young, me, um, the director of the whole college, did not take it well to me telling her that the name of her program and my soon-to-be profession was not a good name. So I'm with you on the fact that occupational is hard to understand. What do I do? So I'm going to tell you, I don't do resumes. I don't do networking. I don't help you fill out a job application. That's not in my wheelhouse. What is in my wheelhouse is helping parents, coach parents, and I help kids with their job, the job of being a kid. What does that job entail? What does a kid have to do? They have to play. They have to be a member of their family. They have to be a sibling. They have to learn how to go to school. They start going to school in young ages. They have to 
know how to show up socially and emotionally with behavior that is appropriate for whatever the environment is. I'm helping parents and kids understand what are all the different systems in a person's body, in a child's body, what are they communicating to the parents? So a lot of my occupational therapy schooling and training was in how all the body works together, how the nerve system works together, the brain and the body figuring out what, what's going on with what's landing on a person environment every second of every day. The system, the senses, our sight, our nose, our what we taste, what we smell, what we hear, what we feel. That's how the input, the world comes into us. And how does that land on us? How do how does that register with us? And then how do we behave based on that? So I look at all those different things. I look at what's going on inside the body internal sensations. I did a video yesterday on the interoceptive system. That is feelings of hunger, feelings of I'm going to throw up, just these internal things that are going on. So I also tell parents I'm a systems specialist. I understand all the systems in the body, supposed to work, what's age, stage appropriate for a child, how God made us, how he designed us, how you as a parent are unique. How you parent your child is unique to you. And in regard to timeouts, timeout to me is a very general, benign way to discipline your child. It can be effective. It is not the most effective to me. So I want to give you three alternative ways to parent personally for you and what's unique to you and how God designed you and what's going on in your family, your world, your day, how to parent your child unique to that child. And so I don't use very often at all. And I'm going to give you three new things to do. So the first one is instead of a timeout, the other thing to know about me is that I operate opposite in so many ways in regard to what the most knee-jerk, normal reaction would be in how to approach things with kids. That is my lens. It has always been that way. People comment it all the time. You did the opposite. What? We're doing the opposite. Why is this the opposite? But it works. And for me, it's, again, made me. It's also very much in alignment with how God created the world to be. And so a lot of what we read in books, blogs, parenting information that tells you to do whatever the world says, I do the opposite because I think it is more aligned with God's original design for us when he created us. So I operate from that. Um, first thing for timeout, instead of a timeout, I want you to do this. I want you to do not out, but we're going to do a time in. And what do I mean by time in? Well, for time out, it's turning away from your child. You're removing, you're taking your child out. You're, you know, they've given you behavior that you don't like. And so you're just, you're out. You're like, I'm going to put you in timeout. I'm not going to deal with you. 
Um, I'm going to leave you here for a few minutes. You're going to figure out you were bad, and then I'm going to bring you back. That doesn't help anybody. My first thing, we're going to do a time in. I want you to invest in a couple minutes with your child to figure out what they're trying to communicate to you. So I'm all about behavior is communication. It is neutral. It's not bad. It's not good. It's just behavior is communication. And so whatever behavior your child is giving you, they are communicating something to you. Now, the majority of parents, it seems, all they want to do is manage the misbehavior. So the child has acted up. I want it to stop. I'm going to put the child in timeout and not deal with him. He's going to figure out he screwed up. And then I'm going to bring him back. And he's going to know not to do that ever again. But that doesn't usually work. And so we're going to do a time in. I want you to invest a couple minutes with that child to figure out what is going on. I want you to investigate the clues. So look below underneath that, what you think is bad behavior. And I want you to think, okay, what is going on? Like, what, what are they trying to tell me? Why is this happening? And I'm going to give us an example here in a minute. I want you to get in touch, in touch with what's going on with your child. Um, interior, again, I'm all about what is being communicated to your child's body and they're, it's registering in their systems, their sensory system, their um, nervous system. Are they feeling safe? Are they feeling understood? What's going on in their interior that you need to know so you can stop this behavior that is interrupting, let's say you're at dinner with friends. Uh, and then these last two, we're going to get to so. An example that I want to give you is I was helping a family who had a five-year-old boy who was throwing a fit. They went to dinner on Friday nights with another family. And it was, you know, something they looked forward to. But the five-year-old boy was not um, behaving the way the parents expected. And so mom would remove the boy because he would last 20 or 30 minutes into the dinner and mom sitting next to her friend, five-year-old boy is a couple seats down. There's other kids. The dads are all there. And the five-year-old boy starts to throw a fit. And this happens for two or three weeks. And the mom is frustrated. She's like, this is fun. We'd love to do this. What is going on? So she removes the child and the child is fine when she removes him. It, she doesn't really say all that much. She's like, this is bad. Takes him out of the restaurant, brings him back in. He has another fit. So I will say to parents that kids are often seeking attention, even if it's negative attention. And so what is developmental age-wise and stage-wise for this five-year-old boy is to be seeking connection with parents. They love parents. They want to be with you. They want to spend time with you. They want to, mom, mom, look at me, mom. You know, that is what's supposed to be happening. That's automatically happening. Like, that's how God created 
us to work at five years old. We want to engage with our parents. So this little boy has gone to school all week. Mom works full time. I'm not judging at all. Mom um, working any of that. I'm just communicating to the mom about the clues this child is giving in this instance. So this boy wants to communicate. He wants to spend time with mom. He wants to connect with mom. And mom's like, we're headed to dinner. We'll spend time dinner. I'll talk to you. Well, they get to dinner and mom isn't even sitting by five-year-old boy. And he's like, what? Wait a minute. We were going to connect. I needed some mom time and I'm not getting it. In fact, she's not even paying any attention to me at all. So he's going to act out. And that bad acting out, at least he's getting mom's attention. He is getting attention from mom, even though it's negative and it's not what she wants to give, and it's not ideally what he wants, he's still getting her attention in that negative behavior. So just know that as young kids are seeking connection, attention, time with their parents, they will get it even in a negative way, and they will continue to do it negatively in bad behavior, what parents perceive as bad behavior, because you notice and you will attend to them. So a lot of times kids are doing lots of great things. They're like, oh, hey, mom, look at me. Or he might be like, hey, mom, I ordered tacos on my own. She didn't even clue in. But if the behavior gets escalated and negative and looks bad, all of a sudden she's she's on it, right? And so that's why kids will do negative things is because they are seeking a parent's attention. So when we get in touch and investigate and, and talk to the child and say, what is going on? What, what do you need? So this little boy just wanted some mom time. And the timeout that she put him in, it happened three weeks in a row. So mom was very frustrated and thinking, am I going to have to stay home? But this is really fun. And I said, no, let's just figure this out. So I was communicating with the little boy and I said, what's up? Like, you like tacos. This is a fun restaurant. I know they do this for you kids when you come in. And he goes, well, mom told me I could have time with her at the restaurant. And so this little boy felt like, you know, mom kind of snowed him. Like, this is what mom said. We're going to the restaurant. Are you there? And then when they got to the restaurant, mom didn't really connect with him. And so I tell you, parents, like, these little kids, they are smart. They figure it out. And so he was like, no, I did not get my mom time. And so the solution for this was mom and five-year-old boy went to the restaurant 20 minutes early, 15 minutes early. And so five-year-old boy feels like I can connect with mom. Mom is like, I can walk away from the house stuff. I'm not worried about laundry or the dishwasher or whatever. I can connect with five-year-old boy for 15 minutes before everybody else shows up. So dad's bringing the rest of the kids. He's got to swing by and pick up a kid there. The other family is here. And then all is, but the timeout was working. It wasn't effective. And the time in absolutely helped us investigate and get into the interior of this little boy and figure out what, what he wanted. He just wants a mom. It wasn't a bad thing. The other thing is initiate. So we're doing the time in. We are initiating um, 
contact, connection. A lot of times I will say, initiate a hug, a connection, go sit with them. And I know some of you parents are saying, oh my goodness, this is going to take so much time. I really don't want to spend time trying to figure out what they're saying. I just want them to behave how that I want them to behave exactly when I want them to do it. And that is not going to get you the bond, the connection, the partnership, the relationship you want to have with your child. That is not going to work. That compliance, that control, that I just want them to do exactly what I want them to do when they do it. No, you really don't want that. You want a interactive, you want a relationship, you want to be engaged and invested and understand your child and what they're telling you. So initiate that connection, let them know. You know, at the restaurant, instead of removing the boy to really give a timeout, what I have done with my kids, I'll just go sit right by their chair and I'll say, hey, look at me. This this right here, all this behavior, not okay. So what is going on? What can you tell me? Do you, do you have a need? Do you have to go to the bathroom? Like what? But I'm very, you know, ask them. Maybe they can tell you really quickly or you can just say, hey, we have 20 more minutes here. We're going we're gonna to eat. I understand there is something you need from me. I can't give it to you right now. Can it wait? And a lot of times, because I've made that connection, I'm, you know, intentionally going to say to them, hey, this behavior, uh uh-uh. So I'm not tolerating any of the behavior that is being communicated that I don't like. But at the same time, I'm looking for the clue underneath it. And I'm connecting with my kid to let them know, what is it? There's something here. You don't usually act like this. Like you love tacos and you like your friend over there who you're sitting across from. So what is going on? And if they don't tell me that minute, a lot of times they can wait because they have had that connection. This is another thing, parents, I say all the time. With these little ages of five to eight, if your kids are coming for to you with a need, It's going to last probably two minutes or five minutes. And then your child has had that need met from whatever it could be going on inside their system. Maybe they're feeling safe. Maybe they're like, oh, I'm tired. Some, who knows? But it's quickly um, taken care of. It's just usually a few minutes with these young ages. And so going over for me with my kids, if I would go over and, you know, lean down by their chair and say, listen, what do you need? Can I help you? You know, we're still having dinner. I'm, I'm in when we're in the car, I'm, I'll be there to talk to you. Or if it's something urgent, tell me right now, but um, behavior is not okay. So discipline, all of that, you have to be firm and um, stand your ground and your kids need to have a really solid footing on how you operate. And so timeouts, I think, are a way that kids are very confused in regard to what their parents want because kids are often put in it out. They aren't told really, what did, what did I do wrong? Um, they're confused 
if it doesn't work and the child comes right back out and does the same behavior and the time effective, it didn't do what it was supposed to do. But usually doing a time in and investigating will help you figure out what is going on. The other thing you can do is invoke the Holy Spirit, invoke the Lord. What? Help me. Why is this happening? I'm so embarrassed. We're here at dinner. We're with this family I adore. Why in the world is my five-year-old boy acting like this? And call on all the heavenlies to help you figure it out. I do all the time. And it helps. It really does. So time in is one of the things. Okay. Next thing is time E-N. Okay. So time I-N. Now we're going to do time E-N. Enter into that child's world. Engage with your child to find out what is going on in their world, which is causing them to communicate behave in a way that is not working. And so um, an example I had another family I worked with was a child who was acting up in the grocery store and the mom had had it. She was like, I don't know why this is happening. This, you know, why in the world cannot my kids sit in the cart and go through the grocery store? Well, the child was expected to sit in the cart for an hour. This was on a day that the child had been to preschool for three hours, but stayed late to do an activity after at the preschool and missed his nap. This was a child who was, you know, could have been out of a nap, but because we're treating this specific child, this child still needed a nap, but he didn't get it. On Thursdays, and this was the day that mom did all of her grocery shopping for the week, was on Thursdays. So, little boy is going, he is tired. Mom has an expectation of he should be able to sit in the cart, no problem, for an hour. Okay, so little boy entering his world, he has no clue of time, he doesn't have a watch, he melts down every single time about 45 minutes in. And so, mom's thinking, I just have a few minutes left. Like we're almost to the finish line. Why is he melting down now? From the child's perspective, he doesn't know. He doesn't know how to tell time. He doesn't have a watch. He has no clue. He's made it through most of it. He's thinking I could be here for two more days and I am exhausted. And so his behavior demonstrates that, that he is tired. He has systems in his body telling him, I'm exhausted. I'm getting overloaded, fatigue with stuff coming into his sensory system, stuff he's seeing, stuff he's hearing or touching or smelling, and it's too much. And so his behavior, like a meltdown, looks like a tantrum, looks like something this mom does not want. But what we entered into his world and figured out, oh, he didn't know about time. So now she's going to cue him. We have just a couple minutes left. You know what? We have two more things to get and then we're going to be done. And he can count to two. So he's like, ah, number one, we just got the cereal. Cool. And number two, now we got to go get some bottled water. So he is equipped to last a little bit longer because he understands there's an end in sight 
Whereas before, he had no clue. He felt like he could have been sitting that car forever. So engage with your kids. Enter into their world and then engage with them and tell them exactly what is going to happen next. And so I am all about the pregame strategy. And I will really engage with my kids. I'll be like, okay, we got two more things to get. And then we're done. We're going to check out. You're going to be in the car. You can fall asleep in the car or you can nap at home. Like just giving them support. This is what's going to happen. This is what you can expect. Okay. So time N, E-N, and then we're going to tune in. Get tuned in with your kids. Know, Know what happened on Thursday. Like that mom had forgotten that this boy stayed late and missed his nap. She went to pick him up and she had forgotten he hadn't had a nap. So you have to be tuned in to what's going on with your kids every single day. This whiteboard is something I have in, it's right by my back door. It's in my cubby area. Me and my kids walk past here all the time. It has all our schedule. What's going on? Who's going where? What are we doing? That helps me get tuned in to what they have going on. That helps them get tuned in to what each other has going on, which is so, so, so important. So if you're tuned in and time N and N, I think you will not have very many occasions to even do a time out because your time in is going to be effective and you are going to be tuned in with your kids and that will help you understand what they're communicating through their behavior and you're going to see those cues of them getting tired them getting frustrated and you're going to um, talk to them and alleviate their um, feelings of angst or unsafety or fatigue you're gonna you're gonna not have the meltdown, not have the tantrum, not have the outburst, because you've caught the cues before it's going to happen. And you're going to give your child that support and that connection and love and relationship that, okay, they, they're good. They know that you see them. They know that you value them. You know that what's going on with them, you're in tune with them. And that's so, so, so important. Last thing. Okay. Here is a scripture verse that I think has a lot of relevance for today. And it is 1 Samuel 16, 7. The Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance. So that outward behavior, that bad behavior, man looks on that. But the Lord looks on the heart. So the Lord is looking inside, interior, what is going on on the interior. And that's how I want you parents to learn to look. Not out, not outward. We're going inward. We're doing the opposite of the timeout. We're going the time in. We're going inside to find out what's going on inside that little child. What do they need? What are they communicating? Okay, if you like this, if this was helpful, Um, Like it, share it, follow it, subscribe it, do all the stuff. Um, If you are struggling in parenting and you are like, man, I am in it. I am drowning. Things are not going well. I promise you my lens is different. It has a look 
and the things that I look into people's families and kids and what's going on and have a different perspective that is often super helpful. I'm all about efficiency and effectiveness. I want you to parent well. I want you to parent in a way that um, discipline is super important. We have to be disciplining our kids. But when that discipline is not effective and it does not work and parents keep doing it, your kids are confused. They're like, wait a minute, I need to stop that, but she's not enforcing it. And so I want to help you get very clear, very firm in your boundaries, in your discipline, what your expectations are of, you know, your kids and what, what that looks like. Because what I see for these young ages is that it's not intentional bad behavior. It's communication of what's going on in a child's body that, um, that they just need support. And often it is little, simple shifts and changes that you can make. So book a coaching call with me and SOS. You can um, find that in the link on Kelly K. Shoop. That is my Instagram. Um, I also have a course called The Simple Six, and that is on some of the skills for the job of being a kid that every kid needs. So there's six things that I work on all the time in my therapy sessions and six things that you parents could be doing for just a couple minutes every day that would be a huge, huge help to your kids. Did you like what you heard in this episode? If you did, please share it with a friend and be sure and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app. Reviews are always appreciated. As a reminder, my show is also on YouTube. In YouTube, search for Kelly K. Shoup. That's K-E-L-L-Y-K-S-H-O-U-P. Be sure to click the subscribe button and hit the bell for all notifications. To learn more about my work, helping families, or to contact me, go to kellykshoup.com. Again, that's kellykshoup.com. Thanks so much.